How's everybody doing this morning? Good to be with you. I have a little bit more voice than I had yesterday, although still kind of, uh, still kind of uh, congested sounding, but uh, I do have a voice today, and I think it will carry us through 30 minutes. Uh, the one thing that it's definitely done, having this uh, more, this, uh, Congested voice certainly deepen things, but I think uh, you'll do okay with that, right? So, uh, anyway, we are in John chapter 7, and we started there last week looking at John chapter 7, considering uh, Jesus' relationship with three people, Lazarus, Mary, and Martha, and uh, this 
pretty much the entirety of the story is uh, going to uh, in this study, not story, but the study is, is going to really center on that relationship of those four people, Jesus, Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. And uh, we'll, we'll begin to see more into the humanity of Jesus. Uh, sometimes we think about the, the deity side, which, which we should consider the deity of Jesus, but also the humanity of Jesus that we see here, uh, we talked a little bit last week about the relationship that he had with with these women and with their brother. Uh, Lazarus being called Jesus' friend, or the one you love is sick. Um, so let's just recap a little bit from the very beginning of the chapter at verse 1 down through verse 6, which is what we did on Friday, then we'll press on from there. Let me bring this up for us on the screen. Now, a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. We talked about the extravagance and the humility of her worship last week. Um, so the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. Now, again, just pulling a few things out. Uh, the worship element that we've already hit in verse 2, pouring expensive perfume, not just a bottle of cheap, uh, you know, like uh, dollar general imitation and that, that's no slap on Dollar General. I'm just saying it's an imitation of the real thing. No, it was the real thing. Expensive perfume poured out on the Lord, wiping his feet with her hair. Uh, and then in verse 3, the sister sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. Now, some in the uh, progressive Christian movement would like to take that phrase and mean it to say that uh, Lazarus was some type of lover of Jesus and that they had some romantic relationship. That's totally absurd. Totally. It's just that Lazarus apparently was the type of person uh, that Jesus, uh, that really had an affinity with Jesus, that really resonated with Jesus, that Jesus enjoyed spending time with. And they were known for their friendship. I mean, maybe they, they were good at puns. I have a, a dear friend here uh, locally. I can't say in moral anymore because I don't live in moral, but dear friend locally who uh, is so good at puns. And We even started that yesterday morning. He said, I, I know you're a little bit hoarse. And I went, well, yes, 
um, just a bit. And, of course, that was a pun, and that led into several other puns about me saying to him, I see you're trying to stir up some things. Uh, and I said, we just can't seem to rein you in on these puns, can we? So we, I mean, we have this type of humor that we share between ourselves. Uh, and perhaps it was that way between Jesus and Lazarus, just this, this connection, this fun uh, and we all have those people in our lives that we just we just really resonate with. Things really seem to stick, and uh, we get along so well. And and apparently that must have been the type of relationship that, that Jesus had with Lazarus. Nothing off color, uh, nothing of the sort that some of the progressive Christian or the uh, some of the other movements of our world might want to say that he was some lover or something. Hideous and absurd to think that that would be the case. Jesus never sinned, and the scriptures call such activity sin. So because he never engaged in that, we know that this was some other type of phileo, brotherly type of love that they shared between them. In fact, the words in the original language indicate such. Verse 4 Jesus indicating that he knows what's going on, uh, even giving a little bit of a hint to the fact that perhaps uh, Lazarus will die when he says this sickness will not end in death. That could be interpreted as um, Jesus saying, look, he's going to get really sick, but he won't die. But the reality of it is he will die. Then he goes on and says, it's for God, it's glory that the son might be glorified. Verse 5, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, you would think the first thing he would have done was pack up, head out, and get on over to where Lazarus was, but he didn't. He delayed, he delayed on purpose. God had a plan. When God delays in our lives, he has a plan. We don't always know what that plan is. We can't always see that plan. Sometimes it looks like that plan is leading to loss and suffering. But if we're willing to trust in Jesus, he has a plan. Verse 11, uh, verse 7, I'm sorry, picks up and he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said a short while ago, the Jews there tried to stone you, yet you're going to go back. The safest place we can be, friends, is in the will of God. They wanted to take his life. They were after him. They wanted to get him. And yet Jesus knew that Father holds in his hands the number of our days. Sometimes we run around in life worrying about when we will die, burning up the energy we have to really live. So I encourage us to live it up, to live our lives for God to the fullest, to not be thinking about, uh, you know, if I go there, I'll die. If I do this, I'll die, or this might happen to me. All those things are beyond our control. The vast majority of what-ifs that we bring into our lives are what-ifs that are never going to happen. 
consider the, the mental energy that those what ifs hold. Consider the uh, emotional energy that those what ifs hold. What if we laid aside the what ifs and pressed ahead with life? How much further down the road of joy could we be? Back to the text, and I'm I'm gonna I'm just gonna finish out this section. It's obvious I don't have as much voice as I thought I might. Jesus answered, and they said, Why are we gonna go back there? And he said, Are there not twelve hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble. That's why we're gonna go in the daytime. For they see by this world's light. It is a person that walks at night that they stumble for they have no light. So walk in the clarity of the situation. Walk when you can see what you ought to do. Don't worry about the night. Walk in the light. Verse 11, after he said this, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm I'm going there to wake him up. Verse 12 said, his disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. They interpreted him to be saying that he is actually sleeping. But yet, verse 13 clarifies, Jesus has been speaking of his death. But his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So he told them plainly. And again, there no messenger has come to tell them this. Jesus knows this. Now we see the deity of Jesus coming out, knowing that, G- that Lazarus is dead, So he said in verse 14, very plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I, uh, and for your sake, I am glad I was not there. So that you may believe, let us go to him. Then Thomas, also known as Didymus, or twin, said to the rest of the disciples, let us also go that we might die with him. Thomas, believing that They would be stoned along the way, believing that Jesus likely wouldn't even make it there because the Jews were in such an uproar over uh, Jesus' words and over Jesus' antics. And the reality is, though, that Jesus would make it. And we will see this play out as we get into this uh, here, hopefully tomorrow. But to think about this, verse 11, I am glad I was not there so that you may believe. Their faith is going to be fortified. Sometimes God does these things in life that our faith might be fortified. He does these things in life that we might truly believe. He does these things in life that we might behold his power, his purpose, that we might behold how his plan is so much better than our plan. So when God delays, trust him. He might be working deep things in your life. He might be doing powerful things in your life that you can't even begin to see. And these powerful things might not play out in a week or two weeks or a month or two months or even a year. These powerful things might come into play, might come into view down the road 
in two years, three years, four years, five years. But we need to trust God in this plan. We need to trust God in his timing. We need to trust God in what he is doing. We need to trust God in his protection in all of our lives. Well, friends, I thought I had a little bit more voice than uh, than obviously I do. Uh, I'm going to stop us right there this morning. Encourage you to trust God and with his plan. Encourage you to trust God with what he's doing in your life. Look to him. Believe in him. Know that his plan is perfect. Know his purpose is perfect. Know that his power is is able to meet you where you are. Lord, help us today to walk with you. Help us today to trust in you. Help us to better align our faith in you. That we might experience your love, that we might experience your power, we might experience your glory. And that by doing so, we might bring you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, friends, I'm sorry I couldn't continue on longer. I just don't have enough voice to do so. Uh, I will catch you tomorrow. Have a good day, everyone.